Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are ready to read First uh, Timothy chapter 6. Last time we read chapter 5, and at the end of chapter 5, Paul was uh, telling Timothy how the sins of some people, when they're, look, when they're looking at um, a, putting someone into an office of the church or to be a minister of the congregation, you know, um, saying to not be in a rush to do that, but to take their time, that some people's sins are, let's see, evident and readily apparent, and others follow behind them, meaning they will show up, but they won't show up right away. So just kind of giving him a warning and a little advice on how to, you know, maybe assign elders and deacons and and, and to select a minister, I guess, also, because it does say that. Okay, so now he moves on. He's talking more about, um, he's going to talk more about ministers, but also uh, at the, this beginning here, he's going to talk a little bit about these about people who are slaves or bond servants to others. So let's just start and see see how this goes. So this is First Timothy chapter six. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. I'm going to start here at verse one. All who are under the yoke as bond servants, slaves, are to regard their own masters as worthy of honor and respect, so that the name of God and the teaching about him will not be spoken against. So, even, even today as employees, we should try to honor and respect the people who employ us. It may not always be the easiest thing, but, you know, we should try to do that. I mean, they, they have some, you know, some power and some, you know, uh, Yes, it may be worldly, but they have some power and some, uh, I can't think of the right word, uh, some authority over us in that we work for them. So we should, you know, we should respect that and, and try to honor that. Those who have believing masters are not to be disrespectful toward them because they are brothers in Christ, but they should serve them even better because those who benefit from their kindly service are believers and beloved. Teach and urge these duties and principles. So here, Paul has gave this instruction to Timothy so that we would know, and, and for us, so that we would know how we should treat our employers and how we should respect and honor them. And then if we work for a Christian company or employer, we should really... Um, do, try to do even more so for them. But we should always do our best, regardless, I, in my opinion. We should always do our best. But, uh, but definitely we should try to honor and respect these people. Okay, so continuing on. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and with the doctrine and teaching which is in agreement with godliness personal integrity, upright behavior, he is conceited and woefully ignorant, understanding nothing. He has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words, which produces envy, quarrels, verbal abuse, evil suspicions, and perpetual friction between men who are corrupted in mind and deprived of the truth, who think that godliness is a source of profit, a lucrative money-making business withdraw from them. 
But godliness actually is a source of great gain when accompanied by contentment, that contentment which comes from a sense of inner confidence based on the sufficiency of God. For we have brought nothing into the world, so it is clear that we cannot take anything out of it either. But if we have food and clothing, with these we'll be, we will be content. But those who are not financially ethical and crave to get rich with a compulsive, greedy longing for wealth fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction, leading to personal misery. For the love of money, that is, the greedy desire for it and the willingness to gain it unethically, is a root of all sorts of evil. And some by longing for it have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves through and through with many sorrows. So here, Paul is talking about people who are, they're greedy. First off, he starts with someone who's teaching the wrong doctrine and teaching against the God, you know, against, um, they're teaching a doctrine that does not agree with what the Lord Jesus has said. And, you know, they are conceited and they're, they're really ignorant. They don't really understand the word. Instead, they think of it as something where they can make money and gain money from it. They're thinking of it as a lucrative business to sell people religion, basically. And they have a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words. In other words, they like to stir up that, that, that debate and focus on these things that don't really matter. You know, and they want to pick and, and pull apart things and, and just create this, um, you know, they create this, well, like it says here, envy, quarrels, verbal abuse, evil suspicions, and perpetual friction. So this is not a godly thing, you know. But Paul says, on the other hand, but godliness actually is a source of great gain when, it, when accompanied by contentment. And, that, you know, when we're contented in believing and trusting in God, because he says, for we've brought nothing into the world, so we can't take anything out of it. In other words, all this stuff here, all this money and things you can buy with it, it's of some importance while we're here. It's a resource for us to use, but it's not really that important in the long run because we're going to leave here and we're not going to take nothing with us. We're going to leave here and go on to the next life and we want to make sure we're going on to the good life because it doesn't do you any good to have trillions of dollars here and then find out you've put yourself in hell and you will never be with God or be in heaven that that you know because that's for eternity instead of this little blip of time we have here but um, he says if we have food and clothing with those we will be content and he's given an example for us we should be content as long as our needs are met and, but we should be aware and watch out for folks who are, they're not, they crave to get rich, they're greedy, and they they fall into that temptation, that trap, and they have, you know, foolish and harmful desires, you know, 
and they have that whole love of money because they think that buys and gets them everything and that's what they put their trust in they either purposefully or accidentally make that their god and it just hurts them so bad it ends up causing them a lot of hurt and a lot of sorrow i mean plainly paul says so here and if you've ever known someone who really just seemed to have everything had all the money and everything but they were just miserable and unhappy because you know really when it comes down to it they didn't have god they didn't really have love they didn't really have the things that we really need and are really more important than money and um more important than money and material things all right so continuing on paul tells timothy well, he tells Timothy and, and thus tells us, we should read this next bit as if Paul is talking directly to us, because essentially, for all intents and purposes, God is telling us this. But as for you, O man of God, flee from these things, aim at and pursue righteousness, true goodness, moral conformity to the character of God, godliness, the fear of God, faith, love, steadfastness, I'm sorry, steadfastness, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith in conflict with evil. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and in the presence of Christ Jesus who made the good confession in his testimony before Pontius Pilate to keep all his precepts without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about in his own time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the absolute ruler, the king of those who reign as kings and lord of those who rule as lords, he alone possesses immortality, absolute exemption from death, and lives in unapproachable light whom no man has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal power and dominion. Amen. Now, we're going to stop there, though there is more to this chapter. But we want to stop there and come back. I want to roll back. We want to roll back up to where he starts, which is in verse 11, actually. And he tells Timothy, and thus us, to flee from these things. What things? The things he was talking about previously. The greediness, the conceitedness. Um... The, the strife, the, the temptations, the evil, um, what do you call it? Let me find that again. I apologize. I'm a little slow. Sometimes the evil suspicions, the perpetual friction, the quarrels, the envy, you know, and the greed and the conceitedness. You know, flee from those things. Instead, aim at, and then he gives us these things here, aim at and pursue. Righteousness. Now, what is righteousness? Righteousness is being in good standing with God. How do we become righteous? Well, we repent. We're baptized and then we follow the Lord and we acknowledge God as our Father and as our source. And, you know, we're, we're continually trying to live and follow the Lord and God. Godliness, godliness is actually... Um, Again, following after the Lord, acting like God in love and mercy. Not, um, you know, not acting like our old selves, you know, basically. Um, but acting like God, 
in love and mercy, loving our neighbor. Um, and that includes all men, not just Christians, but all men. Faith, pursuing faith, well, what is faith? That's belief in God, knowing that he is the great I am, that he is the God who was and is and always will be. Believe and trust in his absolute power. And that he, you know, he has all this in control and we need to trust and rely on him. And then love. Well, pursue love. Love is that unselfish desire to help others, to aid others, to do good for others, wanting nothing in return. Steadfastness. Steadfastness. I look at that as being stubborn for God or standing firm in our faith, in God's love, and in how we act towards others, resisting sin and temptation to do wrongly towards others. That is steadfastness to me, being stubbornly good, <laughs> being stubbornly godly, you know, not, not wavering, and, and admitting that when we do have a mistake, when we do mess up, when we do sin, repent, and come right back and stand again. Get back up and, and, and go again. You know, not giving up, but keep, keep coming back. And gentleness. Gentleness in how we interact with others. Be compassionate. Be kind. Un try to understand the plight of others. Others have, we all have different issues and problems in this life. And try to understand that and, and be, be humble within ourselves. You know, and then be kind and gentle and soft and mild with others. We don't need to be all um, ferocious all the time, you know. <laughs> so, and that's how, from, from what I'm reading here and just taking this right off the top, that's how we fight the good fight of faith. So, now I'm going to move on back down because uh, then Paul goes on. You know, and he talks about, you know, we need to take hold of eternal life and hold on to that, you know. And he charges us with that and to keep, you know, to keep his precepts, you know, keep the Lord's precepts, God's precepts without stain or reproach. That has to do with stubbornly resisting sin, you know. Um... And then he says, you know, God, he alone possesses immortality and lives in an unapproachable light, which no man has ever seen or can see. So these are, this is what he's charging Timothy with to pursue godliness, to pursue those good things, which, which all, are in, all are wrapped up in following God and following the Lord. So now he's going to move on, verse 17. As for the rich in this present world, instruct them not to be conceited and arrogant, nor to set their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Now notice that. God does. He provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Every good thing was created by God. Or you could say everything God created is good. That's just that's just the way it is. And he provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Everything that we enjoy and, and take pleasure in in this life, in this world, 
It comes from God. We should be thankful always. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, willing to share with others. In this way, storing up for themselves the enduring riches of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life, which is eternal life in heaven with God. O Timothy, guard and keep safe the deposit of godly truth entrusted to you. Turn away from worldly and godless chatter with its profane, empty words, and the contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed, and by doing so have erred, missed the mark, and strayed from the faith. Grace be with, with you. Grace be with you. So you notice here he advises him to, you know, to turn away from, to watch out for, you know, worldly and godless chatter, you know, the the contradictions of men's knowledge versus, God, versus God's knowledge, and uh, and how that strays and pulls some from the faith. We, we see that a lot nowadays in today's world, and I guess that's been around for thousands of years where, you know, people think they know better than what's in the, the Bible, and we don't, so... We should all watch out for that always. So I want to thank you for listening. That is the end of First uh, Timothy chapter 6. Hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, God loves you.